They have been on a cross Canada tour, and so maybe a couple of people can come up and lay hands on them. And then, and if you're if you don't come up, stretch your hands out to them, and let's just pray for the grace of God on them for the next chapter of their lives. They can tell a little about that. Father, we thank you so much for Kirk and Cheryl, for the road that they've traveled, the the outstanding things you've done in their lives, God. You've revealed yourself as an awesome God through Kirk and Cheryl. And we thank you for them. We pray protection on them as they travel back across the country. Use them, Father God, to strengthen the body of Christ in this nation. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Wow. Good to be with you guys. Sorry, this is a little hot. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little bit loud. I used to be a little bit quiet. Now I'm a little bit loud, and that's okay. <laughs> um, wow, what a joy to be with the fam jam. Do you know how long it's been? Oh, my goodness, over 15 years. <sighs> Compass Church, a.k.a. West Point, um, has been foundational to our lives, our very lives, to our family, to our kids, um, and in our spiritual journey. It's been such a blessing to us. It was, and it's true, when we first walked into the church, very first visit, we walk in, you know, there's this cool hip guy on the guitar leading worship, and this beautiful young lady singing with him with a voice like an angel and this whole team and, and but the from the moment this is what I remember from the moment of the strum of the guitar the whole place just opened up and the realm of the spirit the presence of God is what I'm talking about his presence his tangible presence would be there in that place and, and I'm sitting there and like, oh, my God, I've never felt anything like this. I'm a new believer. I got saved in Hamburg, Germany. She's still a full-blown heathen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she comes in, and during the worship, she's sitting there, and she just starts weeping. The tears are flowing. And she's like, I'm not sure why I'm crying. You know, and, and it was, but it was just the presence of the Lord moving upon us. And that's a really good snapshot of what we came into. Uh, the presence of the Lord that awakened a hunger within us, awakened desire in us to a journey of coming to know the heart of the Father uh, Intimacy with the Lord. We had the most excellent leadership. I told John the other day. I told him not to get a big head. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I told him, I, I said, we were, you guys were so great to us in pastoring us and loving us. You guys are so blessed to have this leadership. I mean it. It's true. It's true. I wouldn't say it unless I believed it. And it's true. You guys loved us well. You know, coming in, we weren't, 
you know, we were broken. We, we weren't even married. We had a child out of wedlock, you know, all of that. And, and they just brought us in, loved us to life. And when we got to know the truth of the word of God, it's like night and day. I was blind, but now I see. And instantly my heart wanted to do what was right. Instantly I wanted my heart to align with who God is, with what his desire was for us, with what his will was for us. And, uh, and that just set the course and the trajectory of a season of 12 years of growth that transformed our lives. And uh, so all that was for free. <laughs> we didn't even get started yet. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't we just take a moment and pray? I feel some things in my heart to share with the community here, and it's, yeah, I, I love the songs that were chosen and what we worshiped with, his faithfulness, his goodness. But uh, if you would pray with me, Father, thank you so much for your presence. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask that even right now in this place and in the atmosphere that he would be exalted, he would be magnified, that Jesus, uh, God, would encounter every heart, not only in here, God, but as a church of the living God, we decree a breakthrough over this region, over this city called Richmond, God, the greater Vancouver area. God, we ask for a move of your spirit, God, that you would break into the brokenness, that you would open up blind eyes, that you would unstop deaf ears, God, that a mighty uh, spirit of deliverance would be released into this region, God, and set hearts free, God, from fear, free from addictions, God. Father, we ask you that you would move in this generation, God, and lay hold of this generation in your mighty grace, God's people said, wow, oh, we love you, Lord, we love you so much. Well, we're going to touch on a few things, we just continue to lean in. I feel such an openness right now in the spirit to pray, it's awesome, I'm very much enjoying it. Um. Uh, we are going to touch on, uh, I just called, I just threw a name on it called The Key of Humility and Fresh Hunger. The Key of Humility and Fresh Hunger. Now I've, uh, John invited me, uh, when was it, yesterday or the day before, <laughs> to uh, have opportunity. Uh, I count it a privilege to be able to be with you guys and to share the word of the Lord. And uh, I feel he's put some things on my heart. Some of these things, you know, I've, uh, I hope that what I'm sharing out of at this time is going to be shared out of uh, experience with the Lord and yet based in the word of God, rooted in the word of God. And uh, everything I'm just going to put on the front line here. Everything's to be tested by Scripture. And, uh, and I want you to know, just as a, as a minister of the gospel, but as somebody who moves in the realm of the prophetic, I understand sometimes there's different camps. Sometimes that's all people want is, you know, uh, out there encounter and experience. And I love it and I want more. 
you know, but sometimes that can go to this extreme. And then on the other camp, it's like, no, shut everything down. You know, it's just the word of God. But it's like that of the scriptures. Jesus talked about the Pharisees. He said, you search the scriptures. He said, but you refuse to come to me. These are men who study the word 10, 12 hours a day. But he says, but you refuse to come to me. There was no intimacy. There was no desire to know God. It was just we studied the scriptures. And so you can get stuck over in this other place where you have no relationship with Jesus. You just have a bunch of information in your head. Information will do very little for the human heart, but revelation will blow your mind and has the power to transform the human heart and a life. And so I, revelation to me is everything. In fact, everything in the kingdom of God advances by revelation. Everything in the kingdom of God advances by revelation, meaning you came to Jesus, or maybe you haven't yet, but you will before the night's out. Um, You've come to Jesus because he's revealed himself to you. Yeah? So, we are going to touch on, we have something, and this was a bit of a download, talk about revelation, this was a bit of a download for our community um, just going and getting with the Lord and listening to, for his heart, for the body of Christ. He gave us what I ultimately called the high fives, H-I fives. And what that is, is there was five H's that he gave me in one encounter with him. And then he gave me five I's, you know, acronyms. And they, they, they stand for something. We're, I'm not even going to mention the I's just because of time. But, but the five H's, that he gave me unto maturing, meaning these are foundational kingdom values that help mature uh, the believer uh, to be able to, uh, yeah, just, I'll just leave it at that, just to be able to mature in our journey with God. And the five H's are, they start out and they are, um, Uh, almost like build one upon the other upon the other. And so, but the first one, the key is humility. That's number one. Number two is hunger. Now, unfortunately, the last three I'm not going to get to tonight because it's just, it's not possible to unpack it all, to do it justice. But I'm going to give them to you anyway, and then you can search the scriptures and dive in. And look, uh, number three is a habitation. So humility is the key that opens up for the gift of hunger to explode within our hearts, which then creates corporately, individually and corporately, an atmosphere that is conducive as a habitation, meaning a place for the presence of God to dwell. Anybody want the presence of God to dwell in their homes? Come on, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. You know, there's something about it when you walk into a home and it's like, whoa, the peace of God is here. The presence is here. That's what we want, isn't it? So, so humility is a key, unlocks hunger, divine hunger, the gift of hunger, which sets and establishes the foundation of a spiritual atmosphere. How many know that there is a, 
spiritual atmosphere that is here, that is present. And much of the spiritual atmosphere is not just based upon who's leading worship or who's preaching the word. In fact, I would go to say the majority of the spiritual atmosphere that gets established in this place has to do with your current walk with the Lord. And, and I'll say this, whether you're immature, whether you're, you know, decades in the faith, and now you can be decades in the faith and still immature in the Lord, depending on your choices and decisions. But, but the point being is, the re, I'll say this, the reach of your heart will determine what the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere is. And you might say, oh, why are you so spiritual? And it's like everything about the kingdom of God is spiritual that affects and impacts and influences the natural. Everything. Jesus came. He said, this is how you're to pray. Your kingdom, which is spiritual, come. Your will be established in the earth. That's the goal. That's a, he said, this is how you're to pray. And so I want to encourage you and exhort you as a brother. Like, I love it here. I love the presence here. Um, but you, I remember this coming to this house Again, different location, stuff like that. Doesn't, I'm just going to talk. This, is, this was our family, our first family, foundational family. And I loved coming to the house of God. I would, I would be getting up early. I'd be getting a couple hours in with the Lord and prayer and, and you know, and just uh, reading the word, whatever it might be. And I just was expectant that God wanted to speak to me. He wanted to touch me. He wanted to use me. Uh, you're talking to about a guy who just was like, you know, there's the guys with 10 talents and then there's the guys with two. Okay. I'd rather be a guy with two talents, but a hundredfold hunger than the guy that's tenfold that has no hunger in his life any day of the week. So I'm that guy. I, I'm, I'm the guy, unashamedly, a hundredfold hunger. Can I increase? Yes, absolutely. Um, but my hunger was a pull on the heart of a good father who was already wanting to lavish me with his goodness, already wanting to pour out. You know, I wasn't dancing so that he would do, you know, look at me or notice me. He had already noticed me as like, oh, kid, oh, my son. You're like, you're, I'm just waiting and uh, and so I came to church in the morning, came early, go to that little prayer room, you know. That place was hot. I'm talking the fire of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God was in that place. And we would just get in there and rumble and just love the presence of God. That thing, I believed that that thing just like kicked the door open for what ever God wanted to release to the whole house and to the whole area. And of course, I carried the burden for the nation. So I'm like, the whole nation is being shifted because we're positioning ourselves in this little room, believing that he can use anybody. Oh, man, what a joy to partner with him. (sighs) So, habitation. (laughs) The next is when you are in that place where humility is functioning, 
Hunger is alive and increasing. The fire of hunger, meaning the longing, the desire, and the reach of your heart. It's not, I'm not talking about just a feeling. I'm talking about the reach, a hunger that reaches and says, I want more. I know you've given yourself fully to me, but unless I come to the table, I'm not going to eat. And so I'm going to reach. I'm going to position myself at the table to eat, which shifts and establishes a realm in the spirit uh, called the habitation of the Lord, which is number four, harvest. My words aren't going to move anybody, but the presence of God will move. When I walked into West Point, when I walked in there, the presence of God was manifest. It's what opened up her heart to begin to like, whoa, like God is real. You know, it's meaning harvest souls. So she got saved. That's a fun story too. But, um, but, but it just, the presence of God, whether it's individually or corporately as a community, it just shifts things. You walk into the room. I, I've walked in, while I was working and traveling, I would walk into meetings that you would not think that the presence of God was. The industry that I was in was a dark industry. Um, there was much darkness in it. But praise God, he could use somebody like me who knew very little, but I was a hundredfold hungry for God, and I had a talent or two. And uh, I got opportunity. I would walk into these meetings and suddenly people would be just spilling out their life story in tears. And I say, God can heal you of that. And God would miraculously heal them of their condition. People were getting saved in Japan and Spain and Germany. Like it was like awesome. And, and it was, this is the harvest. And when you, I think we touched on, I, sorry, I forget your name in the yellow there, but, uh, um, It's not hard to share Jesus when you know him. When you love him, when you encounter his love, it's not hard to share Jesus. It's like, with all my heart, oh, that you could know him, that you could experience what I've experienced. Uh, So harvest becomes easy. Harvest becomes plentiful. And opportunities, I call them divine opportunities. When you spend time in the presence, you come out, no matter whether you're working in a secular job, marketplace, school, whatever, doesn't matter. Anywhere I went. I, I've, been, I've been sitting in a pub having lunch with a friend. Huh? <laughs> uh, sitting in a pub, and the presence just dropped in that place. The waitress was like, whoa. You know, it was just like, just an opportunity to... Just the presence of God was manifesting. He's saying, oh, son, I'm so here. My heart is reaching for these ones in here. It's awesome. So good. And last but not least, number five, his glorious appearing. His glorious appearing. Jesus is returning. Jesus is returning. It's, it's, and I feel like there's, yeah, I mean, I, again, don't have time to go down that trail, eschatology, but it's just simply about the timing and the return of the Lord. It, when you're in love with Jesus, you're not regretting. Life's not over when he returns. 
Hey, I, honestly, I'm just, the religious culture is like, oh, I don't want him to return. I have my RSPs and I got a life plan and 10 years down the road. I'm not even married yet. You know, and it's like, it's like, what? When he returns, everything changes. You'll never have been so satisfied as you will when he returns. Meaning every tear will be wiped away. Those that are broken will be healed and made whole. Like, come on. It's like, it's like, whoa. Man, so good. Oh, somebody stop me. Um, all right. So those are the five H's. Okay. All right. Uh, so we're going to touch on two. <laughs> Humility. Okay, so I'm going to share a dream with you because I, it's true. I am a dreamer, unashamedly, coming out of the closet. I'm a, you know, it's one of the primary, it's not the only way. I mean, this is, this is where I spend my time. But I'm telling you, if you spend your time in this with a heart reach for God, it opens up a corridor and it becomes an entrance to go into the realm of the spirit and to actually connect your heart with the father, to feel what he feels, to see what he sees and to partner with what he's doing. And out of that place, um, again, giftings, he decides who he gives gifts to and how he distributes them. That's, you know, uh, uh, I value that we got to come into a house that had an office of a pastor in it that would care for our hearts the way that these guys did. We also had an office of a teacher. We had the office of an evangelist. Like, we were blessed. We were so blessed. And, and so we just came into this, and it was free. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and it was the Yellow Pages. Cheryl looking through the Yellow Pages, fine print, West Point Christian Church. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was it. Oh man, God was so good to us. He blessed us. So um, humility. I'm going to share a dream with you. Uh, very short, uh, but in this dream, this was a few years back now. Um, but anybody know Cindy Jacobs? Just put up your hand for a sec. A, cu- a few of you know she is she. Yeah, she's a prophet. She's a, what I call a heavyweight, an international voice, a mother in the prophetic. You know, she's trained and equipped many, you know, in the realm of the prophetic. And uh, she also has a ministry, I think it's called Generals of Intercession. And so, whoo, sounds like my my lane. <laughs> and uh, it makes my heart happy. And And so... But in the dream, she comes to me. Uh, no, she doesn't come to me. She calls me. So she, ring, ring, you know, the old phones. It was one of those old school. Ring. Um, pick it up, and I'm like, hello. And, and she, says, uh, she says, hello, Joshua. I said, I'm not Joshua. I'm Kirk. And she said, yeah, whatever, Joshua. <laughs> okay. Um, which is speaking to something you know, to me in a personal way. Um, and she said, yeah. She said, humility's the key. And I sat there like a dummy. Like, like in the dream, I'm holding the phone and I'm like, humility's the key. What is, like, what is this? And she said, did you hear me? She said, humility is the key. 
I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I knew what she was talking about. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then again, she says, did you hear what I said? Humility is the key. And then I woke up out of it, and I could feel the presence of the Lord. I could feel the weight of the fear of the Lord in a good way. You know what I mean by the fear of the Lord, not f- afraid of him, but just the, the, yeah, the reverence, the awe of, like, the holy is in the room. And it's like, Kirk, pay attention to what's just been said to you. So from Scripture, there's a principle where it's, uh, you know, the Lord says one, says it once. Yeah, you pay attention. Uh, he says it twice. It's sure, surely, surely, I tell you. You know, he says it three times. It's established. It is certain this must happen. I was just told three times, Kirk, humility is the key. So I in the fear of the Lord, understood, Kirk, you need to go on a journey and learn something regarding humility. Has anybody arrived yet? If so, I'm going to have you lay hands on me at the end. Of, no. it's, it's honestly, humility, it, it is the key. It'll get you into every door of the kingdom. Humility, having a teachable heart. I can learn from a child, a kid that I'm playing with, and I can learn from those who've gone before me, you know. Humility will open up and make possible for you to mature in a way that you will not as long as your pride continues to rear its ugly head. And you're like, what do you mean I don't have pride? And it's like, well... You're human, right? I I felt no condemnation in this encounter, like none at all. It was not like, oh, you stupid, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you should should know better by now. I, I didn't feel any of that. I just felt the weight of, son, I love you so much. I'm going to get into your business and invite you on a journey with me for me to bring transformation to your heart. Why? Because I'm going to set you up for success. I'm going to set you up for breakthrough. I'm going to set you up so you'll be unentangled and unhindered and free to soar with me. Somebody say amen. It's like, come on. And, uh, and so that was a dream encounter which really marked my life uh, in a special way. And then I had an, another dream a couple years later, and it was with a prophet, a well-known, I would call him a father in the prophetic in Canada. And in the, in the dream, he's, he's just sitting there, and he has his cell phone there. Uh, change of the era. <laughs> right now, now we're on a cell phone. Um, next, it was, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, but in the dream, I go up to his phone. I pick up his phone. Think about who he represents, the prophetic, which is, to me, it speaks about not just a voice. It's the heart of the Lord, the heart of the Father. The prophet cares about the heart of the Father. What is the heart of God for his people? What is the heart of God for a nation? And so, 
I go up and I, I read this phone and I open up a Bible app and I start going through and it's just like the Sermon on the Mount. And I just start to read it in the dream and it's uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, uh, theirs is the kingdom of God. And as I started to do that and I started going through them, I just started weeping. And it was just like um, weeping, meaning the presence of the Lord and the heart of the Lord is saying, I want my church, my name. So you understand, a lot of times with me, it's, well, it's either for me directly, Kirk, or it's for the church because my name means church. So, yeah, so it's a play on words. And a lot of times it's for both because I'm a part of the church, right? You know, so, so it's, um, and oftentimes he'll want to do something in you before he does something through you. Yeah. And so, so Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, we're going to touch on, you got your Bibles. Let's open up to Philippians 2, 5. Uh, yeah, we'll start in verse 5. Uh, and uh, so Jesus teaches out of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 3. This is Jesus teaching about humility and the importance of it and those who choose this, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But then Jesus also models it for us. He gives us an example, and we see that in Philippians 2, 5 to 11. And uh, I'm still getting used to this. I, I read New King James for so long, but now it's the New American Standard. I had my, the church fam on the East Coast bought me this new Bible. Look at that eagle on the front, got my initials in everything. Aren't they so awesome? They love me. Um, but it's a new translation, so I'm adjusting this old dog. Um, <laughs> so, start in verse 5. And we're talking again now about the path of maturing as a son, as a daughter, and uh, learning humility. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Okay? I'm going to put it into some different words. In the midst of a generation where everybody is wired, it seems, it's like, oh, I just need to make a name for myself. I, you know, I want to be a designer. I want to be an artist. You know, and all the glory to God, of course. But just let me put my little name in the corner there. Nobody has to know. I just want my name on it. Hmm. I just want my name on it. But Jesus shows us something else. He didn't grasp for a name. How many know if anybody could, Jesus could lay hold of a name? But he's saying, I'm showing you something completely different. I'm showing you that the way the kingdom works is different. And so 
he regarded the uh, form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But here it is. He emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. That right there, the fact that he took on flesh, we could take that thought and you could spend years just considering that. If we knew who he really was, if we really got a glimpse through Scripture and really had revelation of who he is as the uncreated one, as the star-breathing God, as the one who created all things, he's the uncreated one. Nobody created him. He's not an idea. He's not your idol, you know, that has no eyes, can't see, can't hear, you know, that you can kick over with your foot. He's not. He is the living God. He's the one true God. This is who he is. And he says, I'm going to step down into humanity. The Word of God says he has to humble himself just to behold, just to look at us. This is who he is in his glory and his greatness. And yet he, in his glory and his greatness, it's one of those things that I hold and I ponder at different times. Is his glory and his greatness that all the angels, you know, they worship him. They fall before him. They're singing 24-7, day and night, night and day. They're just, you know, pouring out. The elders are casting their crowns. They're throwing themselves down before the throne. All around the throne, noises, lightnings, thunderings. All of this stuff is going on. It's like, what? You know, this stuff is being poured out. Or is the glory that this one who is surrounded by all things is the most humblest person that exists that chose to set aside his garments and to step down and step into what he created, dust upon dust upon dust, what he created. And he says, it's beautiful to me. It's wonderful to me. It's precious to me. (sighs) To me, ah, I love his glory, his greatness. I love to tremble in his presence. But at the end of the day, it's his gentleness that has won my heart. It's his humility that has won my heart forever. I will serve him to the last breath by his grace. But I will run the course, and I will not waste time, and I will not be distracted. I I will continually reset myself to pursue the one that has pursued me. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, it says he humbled himself, meaning he chose himself to humble himself. He wasn't humbled by anybody. He chose to humble himself by becoming obedient. Everybody say obedient. Obedient. You know, the world hates that word unless you're being obedient to them. But obedience is so beautiful. In the kingdom, obedience is amazing. I love obedience. And yes, I trip and stumble like anybody else. But the reach of my heart is obedience to the Lord. Uh, He became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. (laughs) 
Therefore, okay, because he chose this, he chose humility. He chose obedience to the Father, Father who loves him. He chose this because he chose this. Therefore, here it is. Also, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name. So he refused to grasp for a name like the world reaches for a name. But because he refused it and rejected it and he chose loving obedience to the Father, God says, because you did this, you didn't make your name, this about your name, but you positioned yourself in humility. I'm going to give you a name and not only a name, but the name above every other name in heaven and earth. Above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, everybody say Jesus, every knee should, should bow. Those are, that are in heaven, those that are on the earth, and those under the earth. How many of you know that's some influence? <laughs> that's, that's some serious influence. So Jesus is showing us the key. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, this is the path that you take. Everything opens up to you in this way. And yeah, it's a death to self. But if you're still trying to hold on to your dead old sorry life, I'm sorry. You know, you, you, I want that thing dead, dead a hundred times over. The old man, I don't want him raised up. I want to be alive in Christ. I want to be free in Christ. I don't want to stand on the fence with one foot here and one foot there. No, I want to be full on. I, I, I don't have time to be caught up and entangled in that stuff. And so, you know, he's showing us, he's saying, this is the key. This is the key. You want uh, to have influence. Everybody, we, we were wired, understand this, we were wired to have influence. We were wired to be the leaven of the kingdom. We were wired to bring the presence of God, the kingdom of God, and to glorify the name of Jesus. And in the process of it, we do get a name. In fact, it says to the saints, the lovers of God, he says he gives them a new name. But it's not the way of the world. He says, if you want friendship with the world, then you're an enemy with God. Does that, say, does that mean God doesn't love the world? No, that's ridiculous because Scripture tells us different. God so loved the world. Meaning, if you want to camp and be married to darkness, you got no place with light. What does light have to do with the darkness? The light breaks in not to coexist together. The light breaks in to overcome, overwhelm, and destroy the works of the evil one so that the soul can be freed, free to run, freed by design to run in the way that they were created. Amen? And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, and so we'll just, we'll stop there because, uh, but you get the idea. Jesus, so Jesus taught us, blessed are the poor in spirit. And then Jesus gave us the example, and it's all throughout Scripture. Philippians 2, 5 to 11 is where he shows us just such a beautiful example of what it looks like to not grasp for a name, to make a name for myself, but to get lost in the name above every other name, 
to be enraptured and lost in the beauty and the majesty of that name. And he ends up giving us the name that is, that is just right for each one of us. It's in his heart already. We're not earning and we're not trying to, you know, he just, it's, it's just the heart of the Father just wants to lavish us and give us all things. And I'll just quote it. James 4, 6. He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. I mean, it sounds really simple, and it is. Jesus doesn't want things to be complicated for us. He's not, he, he, he never, he was never looking to, you know, oh, well, no, you got to do this. Religion will get all kinds of complications involved in it. You know, oh, you got to traditions of this and da, 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 da. You know, all of that stuff. But Jesus makes it really clear. If you will choose humility, you, my, my grace is hanging over you like a big, just bomb ready to drop on you. The moment you humble yourself, boom, you're saturated. Boom, you're saturated. And you stay in that place, it just, it's a constant grace that is flowing towards you. The grace, this grace of humility opens the door to the grace of hunger. If you want to be hungry, have you ever been in the place where I feel dull? I don't feel anything. I feel disconnect. Have you ever been there? I've been there. It sucks. Oh, are you allowed to say that here? It stinks to be in that place. But the love of the Father, the grace of God will allow you to touch that place in order and, and create a discontent. How many know to be discontent is not necessarily a bad thing? Discontent. Like I just, God, I don't know why, but I just found myself feeling like I'm going through the motions. God, God, would you awaken my heart? Would you give me a will to do your will? I pray this all the time. Would you give me the will to do your will? Would you awaken hunger within my soul, God? Would you open up the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Would you fill my eyes with light, God? And, and I'll just I'll start asking him for hunger, the gift of hunger, that he would awaken that. But that very turning to seek him is an expression of humility. It's a cry. Oh, am I uh, done here? The kids are how much? Uh, I'm just making sure I'm, what, what time do you guys, are we should be, be closing up, wrapping up? Are you guys good? You okay? Okay. Um, Spiritual hunger. 
Again, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. Isn't that good news? You will be filled. You will be satisfied. Um, I'm adjusting. Everybody pray. <laughs> I'm adjusting, understanding that, uh, yeah, time. When I was in, uh, as a new believer, I was in Hamburg, Germany. It's where I got saved. It's where the Lord broke in and rescued me in Hamburg, Germany. And then it's later where he baptized me and filled me with the fire of God and the presence of God. And I remember being over there the second time visiting and I had this dream of an invitation of I'll just, to to nutshell it, of an invitation to humble myself before him. Here's the interesting thing. The very same night, Cheryl's living in Canada. She has the same dream. I just get off the phone with her. My brother, this Nigerian brother. I'm telling you, Nigerians know how to pray. Amen. My brother, Victor, man, he knew how to pray. And so he was heaven sent to me. And I he called me right after I finished this conversation. I'm just like, this is wild. Like me and Cheryl had the same dream and it was about me, you know? Uh, and uh, Victor calls me and he's like, my brother, my brother, I had a dream, you know? And he tells me the dream. It's the same dream. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what is it? What is it? And I told him, I said, my wife just had this dream in Canada. I just had this dream. And he's like, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He says, we're going to fast. And I'm like, what is fast? I'm like, run a race. You know, what is fast? And he's like, he's like this, is, this is going to be wonderful. He said, meet me at my apartment. Da, 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 da. I'm like, okay. Is that you, Lord? He's like, Sons, time's up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> keep going. Are you guys okay for a few minutes? Yeah? yeah. So, so we all have these dreams, and, he, and, he's, and he's like, come over to my house. So I come over, and he's like, this is what fasting is because of the way the Lord spoke. So think about a humble response. You could have been like, oh, what a coincidence. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, isn't that cool? You know, and just kind of move on of just like, oh, that's a neat thing. And yet he had the humility and he's like, this demands a response to God. God just spoke with clarity. Three people, the same thing at once. So we, he says, we're going to fast. And he told me about some different fasts. And he says, but because of this, three days dry. And I'm just like, Okay, and he said, you could do whatever you want, you know, juice, da, da, da. And I was like, I'm doing what you're doing. Now, to be fair, I had no idea what I was getting into. (laughs) 
But I said, I'm doing what you're doing. I, I, here's the truth. I was so hungry for God. Like I just, I needed him so much that I would do whatever he was asking so that I could have more of him. I didn't know much. I couldn't, I couldn't expound on the word to you. I couldn't articula- articulate a lot of things. But all I knew is I wanted him so bad. And, and so I said, I want to do what you're doing. So we went into, we didn't leave the room for three days. We had no food, no water for three days straight. And we would get into the word, read the word. We would pray, take a little nap, get into the word, pray, take a little nap, get into the word, pray. He taught me how to pray, you know, and, uh, and so we would do this. And then at the end, I have an encounter. I go into an open trance. I didn't even know this stuff was real. I had to have it explained to me. Uh, but I literally go into an open trance, and I meet the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he basically tells me, you've been drinking spiritual milk for so long, but I'm moving you into a place where you're going to eat the meat of my word. You're going to love my word. You're going to devour my word. And as I was into this encounter and, and I woke up my brother, what is it, mother? What is it? Because the Lord told me to tell him. I told him, I said, I don't know. This is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And he said, praise the Lord. This is, this is a response of humility. I tell him my encounter I don't know anything. He comes to the middle of the room, bows to his knees. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And he just starts worshiping in the spirit, giving thanks to God because we spent three days in a dry fast. The breakthrough came. What God wanted to release came. And then he stands up and he gives me the interpretation. And he says, God is releasing this hunger to you for the meat of his word. Blah, 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 blah. And his pleasure is over you. His pleasure is over you. When that revelation hit me, I just started to snort and weep. I was just like, oh, God, he loves me. He loves me. He's pleased with me. Oh, God. And I felt it. It was like a sword thrust into my belly. And I would tell you that at that moment, the gift of divine hunger was given to me. I know that my life was changed in that moment, and it's changed many times over the years, right? Um, But in that moment, he marked me with a gift of hunger, a groan of the Spirit for him. Uh, just transformed my life and continues to bless me and draw me to his person, to uh, his heart. And so I realize we're, uh, it's time. Um, What I have in my heart, I want to open up. I just want to, I want to pray right now for, the gift of hunger to be released. If you, just with authenticity, if you, if you want the gift of hunger from the Lord, he's more than willing. But I believe there's a grace on my life for the gift of hunger that opens up the intimacy, the realm of the prophetic in a spirit, I'll call it a spirit of prayer on your life. And if that's something that you desire, I'm going to welcome you to stand. 
Uh, and if you don't, feel free. Just stay where you're at. It's no, no biggie. No biggie. It's, he, he's the one who searches the hearts. He knows who's, who, wants, who wants that, who wants him. And so, Father, even right now, Father, I ask that you would validate your word, God, right now with the moving of your spirit, God, that you would begin to even right now in this place, that you would begin to mark and brand and consecrate hearts in this place. Father, I decree right now the spirit of awakening, God, to be released in this place. I ask you for the gift of hunger, God. It's not something we muster up, but it's something we just say, God, I want this. Would you be willing to give it to me? And he says, yes, I will. Father, I ask you right now that you would release your fire in this place. The fresh baptism of the spirit, God, the same grace that has marked and anointed many men and women throughout the ages, God, that caused them to live countercultural, live in a different way of the world, that uh, possess them in one sense, in the sense of hunger, where it says, I refuse to walk the way of the world. I want you, Lord, more. God, I'm asking right now that you would impart the spiritual grace in Jesus' name, that you would awaken hearts, God. I ask you right now for the groan of the Spirit to be released upon hearts. And there's a, there's a scripture that the Lord gave out of Romans, and it's about the groan of the Spirit. And I felt it the moment as we were driving across the nation. I believe this is going to be released across our nation it's a groan of awakening. It's a groan of grace. But in Romans 8.26, it says, And in the same way, the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit, also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. It's not when I don't know how to pray, I just shake it alabasundid. I'm not talking the gift of tongues. I'm, what I'm saying is an intimate, a, a, a relationship with the Lord and a, and a grace that is already within you in the sense of the Holy Spirit. But there is, there is a place where humility says, willing to say, I don't know how to pray. Establish a house of prayer, praying for the nation. I'm telling you right now, I don't know how to pray, but I know somebody who does and who empowers me and enables me to pray things that I have no understanding of. He releases understandings. He whispers to me in the night. He speaks to me and he releases groans of utterance that, that words can't describe. It's the gift of the Spirit. And he says, if you desire this... This is, this is, I believe this is one of the major things of why Jesus came was that he would give to us the grace, the Holy Spirit, fill us with the Holy Spirit that would empower us to engage in the Spirit. Everybody say higher ground. Higher ground. That's it, guys. Higher ground that we could there we go. So that we, these little ones, out of the mouth of babes, they prophesy. 
I just declare higher ground for this community, higher ground for the young, for the old, higher ground for those who feel have felt dullened, hardened, uh, uh, even spiritually asleep. I just declare this is a shame-free zone. I don't care where you're at, what you've been walking through, how you've been journeying. There's no shame in the kingdom. In fact, he came to break and dismantle the power of shame over the human heart so that you could be free and walk in freedom filled with his fire. So, Father, I thank you for this grace being released in this place right now in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said... Amen. Father, thank you.